Today's text message is Hosea chapter 7, verse 1 through 16. Okay, let's begin. We can say from chapter 1 to chapter 3 is the first passage, and if we can divide it, if you can divide into different chapters, um, um, we can look into the later chapters. But if you look at this chron um, chronologically, from chapter 4 to, to 11 and chapter 12 to 14, we can divide uh, into those three, three sections. So as we enter into the 7th and 8th chapter of Hosea, we can see this as a one passage. And the reason why we see this as one passage is that, is that chapter 1 through 3 well, has been prophesied well, in, in Jeroboam the second and, and until chapter 7 it has been prophesied during the, um, the, the middle stage of Jeroboam the second and the later chapters were prophesied in the later um, stage in, in Jeroboam the second. So, so in that in that perspective, chapter seven is a chapter which a new prophecy is being prophesied after Jeroboam. Um, there were many kings who became kings um, by by the by the the um, riot. So, so ultimately, what continues um, from chapter 7 is that we have talked about this before, but because the Israelites have lost the purity of the, the religion of Jehovah, they have fallen into this idolatry of um, Asherah and Baal. And, and through those idolatry, Israelites built this tendency of relying on strong nations instead of God. So, so ultimately, conclusionally, in, in our terminology, they have become like the world, become influenced by the world. And through that, they were not being able to receive God's love. So um, Hosea emphasized, no, let us know the Lord, let us know the Lord, and let us know how much you love the Lord, and how much He loves us. They have forsaken the word of the Lord, and because, because they have forsaken the word of the Lord, they are no longer God's children. They are no longer God's people. And, and the reason why they can become God's children is because they have this promise of the word, but the Israelites have forsaken that word so that they cannot keep the promise, so they are, not, they are no longer God's children. So they need to uh, press on to know the Lord, but they fail to do so, and even more, they fall into the corruption, they fall into, into the darkness, and especially they have fallen into, they have been manipulated by this abundance of the world. But this abundance that the world gives can never satisfy the Israelites. Whatever they possess, whatever they have, cannot satisfy the Israelites. And Hosea is now, now uh, prophesying that, that Israelites are under, under the judgment. And, and in perspective of God, 
in perspective of God, that the judgment itself is a blessing to them. And at the end of the life, um, you, you, it's inevitable that you will realize that, that this judgment will come if we are being mixed by the world. So we need to now, as soon as possible, uh, realize that we, need, we are the ones who need to only rely on God. So God has no other choice but to judge this Israelite who has been influenced by this idolatry. He cannot leave them behind and just leave them as, it, as, them be, as they be. Now, now God must um, push them into the suffering and tribulation. And within the tribulation and suffering, um, the Israelites find God and, and realize who they are. And it's a blessing if they just uh, know who they are when they are strike when they are struck uh, weakly. But but be, even though they are being struck so hard, they they don't understand who they are. They are not realizing who they are. And in in our age, these Israelites has been restored, but still they are now being 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 um, secularized once again. Even though they went through these three thousand years of sufferings and tribulation, and they have been um, they went through this independence, but but still now they have become the greatest nation uh, that has been influenced by the homosexuality. Um, Tel Aviv is the greatest city of homosexuality. The city itself officially supports homosexuality, and it's the only, uh, one and only city in the world which supports homosexuality officially. That's how much this Israel is corrupted right now. And the enemies know, they know how to become victorious, which is to corrupt the Israel. And these, 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 um, these Israelites, um, they have been corrupted so much. Uh, all the people, customers who use the, the prostitution, most of them are the religious, the religious Jews. So the, one of the reasons why we need to do the Israel conference is because, because of their, their holiness. We need to fight for them. <coughs> so as we see Israelites, even though they have been, they have been put back into, into the restoration, they are still falling into the corruption. How much would Jesus feel bad for that? And at this end time, during the Armageddon War, just as the, the prophecy of um, Zechariah, two-thirds of Israelites are being, being um, completely abolished, completely massacred. There will be this river of blood um, 250 kilometers long from Megiddo to Jerusalem, and we, we will see how this will happen during, during that end time. It's such a great judgment, right? Such a horrible judgment. How do you expect the, uh, the um, 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 population of Israel would be during that, that end time? After the Third World War, we are expecting the Israelites' um, population to be around 10 million. And after the Third World War, 
um, all the people, all the Jews who have been scattered all around the world will come back to Israel. And even in the, the desert of Negev, there will be cities and, or, or towns that people will come and live there. So becoming an Israel is such a privilege and a blessing. And becoming a children is also the same. But losing, losing the identity of who they are is such a curse. So we need to, um, above, all, above anything else, we need to come back to the identity. But why, to you guys, it's the same. Why are you being attacked by the enemies? Because the glory is coming to you. So let's move on. So tonight, in chapter 7, it's talking about Israelites who are being corrupted and who are relying on the greater nations. And first of all, in verse 1 and 2, uh, Hosea is just proclaiming the great, uh, the, the various evils in Israel. Verse 1, whenever I would heal Israel, this has been attached to the end of chapter 6. Whenever I would restore the fortunes of my people, and then it's um, connected to that, that verse, whenever I would heal Israel. So, God is willingly, He wants to continue to restore Israel. And in order to do that, He wants to heal Israel. And He's keep trying to do so. That's God's goodness. Today, it applies the same. When we corrupt, when we corrupt, when we are being bind, when we are being attacked by the enemies, God immediately comes to us as a goodness and His good goodwill um, act, uh, are, is being inactivated. So we need to accept that. And if we fail to do so, and if we just fall into despair, and if we just don't uh, live by the world, then that goodness cannot work in us. And within the spiritual order, we need to accept that goodness, and we need to repent and uh, restore that goodness. And that's how the Israelites' evil is like that. It's a state which status which no longer allows us to repent before God. Not only this message itself, but um, the message that we have heard before. No matter how many tribulations and sufferings God allowed Israel to face, confront, um, they cannot return to God. They cannot turn to God. So I have said this before. In, in last conference, I'm not sure. What's the reason why we do not understand the power of the blood? It's because of the, uh, it's a matter of focus and concentration. If you have lived by Jesus, if you have been living by the Holy Spirit for a long time, then it's easy for you to know what's different. You, you, it's easy for you to sense. But if you are living by the world or the darkness, you don't know what's coming after. So through that, um, the only way to know that the, the, the resolution and the solving factor of the sin is the blood. The only way to solve the sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to have that confirmation that is only available for those people who are continuously living living with Him. So if you keep choosing the darkness, 
at some point you will not be able to believe the power of the blood of Jesus Christ because because God's will will continue to work in order to change that person, in order to free that person and clean, cleanse that person from the world, from the sin, but that person is keep ignoring God. So spiritually, he, uh, that person is ignoring uh, the Holy Spirit's um, this, this, um, this groaning voice. So, so the sign of the of tear being disappeared from your prayer is does not just happen at, at once. It's a clear evidence that you have been gone through this process of living by the Babylon, living by the world. So in that in that matter, in that perspective, who is the happiest person? Who is the person who does the religious life well? The person who receives grace well and who repents well immediately. So first of all, what you need to do is that you need to receive the grace and repent. That kind of person is a person who feels comfortable living with God. So, so please listen well. First of all, you need to receive the grace well. You need to be blessed. Those who are being blessed well, those who are being, uh, those who are receiving grace well, can't repent well as well. So first of all, you need to repent well. So we pause here too. God always has His will for His people to come back to Him, and Yehovah uh, Rapha, just like that, He wants to heal His people. And in verse 1, the sins of Ephraim are exposed and the crimes of Samaria are revealed. The Samaritans were the people who had the privilege in, in the social group, so God has His will to save them and cleanse them, but they instead choose the evil in, um, on their own intention. And they just, just um, think upon themselves too they just strive to just move into darkness even more and more. They don't even have any will to live according to God. So spiritually, spiritually, if I keep choose the flesh and keep accept the the influence of the enemy, so this is how how the Israelites were. This is the 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 bad chains. This this continuous chains of of. Um, bad circulation I would say but, but uh, these kind of people lose their senses and they are being disarmed by the, all the desire of the flesh desires of the flesh even though we are the people who have the authority to disarm the enemy but, but now even now is the time time that every, everyone um, anyone in this world everyone in this world is um, exposed to this, this desire and pleasure this, this did not just happen at once this did not uh, happen at an instant but instead because we have been exposed by darkness for such a long time so Israelites were like this and even so, so that's the reason why even God wanted to save them and restore them but they were not able to go through him what's one of the name of, of God? Uh, Jehovah Rapha and even even he is the healing God his name Jehovah Rapha does not uh, work uh, to them cannot work through them because they are keep rejecting him 
In Jesus' name, there is power, right? In Jesus' name, there is authority. That's our confession, right? That's our life. But, but these Israelites, to them, Yehovah Rapha became a name that does not have any relationship with him. And what else do they say? In verse 1, um, they practice deceit. They practice deceit. So here are more uh, precise names of their sins, their crimes. These are the sins of Ephraim and crimes of Samaria. And first of them is, is deceit. This is, this is a representative crime of an image of people who live by themselves. Self-centered people, in front of people, in front of God. If, if it does not bring any benefit to them, even, even until the point they have to lie and deceive someone else, they need to bring benefit to themselves. So they cannot become honest before God. But we need to become, we need to have this, this honest relationship between God. When God shines His light, we need to be able to expose our darkness before Him. Whenever the Holy Spirit says, we need to be able to confess before Him, that is right, Lord, that is darkness, that is sin. So those people who do not have a relationship with the flesh does not have any secrets. They do not hide their hurts or their sins or their crimes or anything. But if these darkness are keeping stacked in them, no matter how many, how much of a light God shows, they cannot expose them um, their light or they cannot um, embrace that light so that they cannot expose their darkness. So that's the reason why their um, hurt or their their scars are their wounds are getting worse and worse. This is not not an abstract thing, but. But this is a practical process of the people who cannot live by God. The light is keep being blocked by the darkness and they keep accepting the wounds and ultimately they will become someone who cannot even be touched because they're hurt and scars are, are hurting them so much. They're, they will become someone who will produce evil from the uh, evil from from their own evil. Whatever God says or whatever God points out, we need to be able to become someone who can um, react to Him, respond to Him as, as the same as He tells us. So um, honesty is such an important uh, word also in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. And those people who do not uh, receive God's light, God's grace, uh, whether they want or not, they will become someone who will um, be self-centered and they cannot become honest. So they cannot come before the Lord in their prayer and expose themselves honestly and tell God everything. But those people who are living under the grace, they are the ones who are able to tell everything, confess everything to God. Oh Lord, yes, that's right, I have done that, and I have lived like that. I said these kind of things to that kind of people. Just like those, um, those people can say these kind of prayers. So examine your prayer life. How, how honestly have you been um, praying to God? How much have you been exposing yourself before God? If you are like that, then 
there would be no um, hindrance between you and God. How much, how much of an honest person was David was in in Book of Psalms? He said, "Restore me the the honest spirit." What's the reason why he prayed like that? Um, when we commit sin, this sin becomes like a spy. He want, he tries to um, hide his identity in us. So, so because David. Uh, people of God know their characteristics. So not only not only these kind of people um, are being able to confess their evil to God, God only, but also to the people. And even in the in the early churches, uh, people those people were able to tell one another their own own evil or their secret. So in our church. What I keep emphasizing is, if you lose, if you lose this church, you will not be able to um, um, build this, uh, this, this honesty. Who are the ones who does spiritual life the best? Are the ones who are transparent. So, so if you if you fail to establish this church, you can maybe um, meditate on yourself and and. Become super spiritual, but but you cannot build a church. In our church, I'm keep emphasizing to become transparent. You need to show and expose yourself in in cell group. And in in different cell groups, we we sent them out on a picnic, and during the picnic, we told them to share their their um their uh, shameful histories in their in their bag or their their memories. So building a church begins by begins by being transparent. So you should be able to tell one another, "I have committed this. Please pray for me." And not only telling before God everything, but towards all the brothers and sisters in the church, you should be able to tell all those and confess those. This is the church. So trusting and believe, trusting that the church will pray for my evil and my darkness, and when I confess this to the church members, they don't—they do not point out their fingers to me, but instead they will pray for me. So in our church, God is going through this progress process of of uh, making people transparent. We can find many evidence of spiritual, spiritual evidence that we are not being transparent, uh, and one of them is spiritual immorality. And those who are influenced by the spiritual immorality have many secrets. They try to hide themselves. In our church, we are trying to pluck out this spiritual immorality so bad. I've said this in in the church. In the church, if you tell one another, "Hey, this is," I'm only telling you this, then that means everyone else will know. So being being honest, being transparent is such important. Like this, this is one of the main factors in the church. Becoming an honest spirit before God, who can say anything, just like David, Father, restore me an honest spirit. He understood the characteristic of sin so well, so in, uh, intentionally he opened himself. So look, after he he 
uh, commit sin against Bathsheba, how, how long did he pray? He prayed for a week. He prayed for a week even until he um, floated his bed by his tear. And after he prayed for a week, just think about it. Isn't, isn't this weird? He committed one sin. Of course it's a big sin. But at that time, I have said the historical background, at that time, uh, a king taking a woman that she wants is it's not of a big deal at that time. And for, for, for the honor of a king, um, the servant uh, giving up on his life, that's, that was an honorable thing. So, and even David did not under, knew this, did not um, acknowledge this until uh, um, until Nathan came and, Nathan came and uh, told him. But as soon as he heard it, he realized, oh, I have been influenced by this world. I have been influenced by the standard of the world, and I have committed this great sin, and still I did not understand this. And he understood that he lost this honest relationship between God. And within that bad status, uh, losing the honesty, Within that honesty, it took David one week to, to solve all the bindings from him, from spiritual immorality and all the spiritual other, other spiritual bindings. So, how, how, deep, how deep was David able to repent? And with that one repentance, he, he was able to um, be away from sin for the rest of his life. That's the honesty, revealing himself, uh, exposing everything before God. So regular, uh, ordinary people, when the sin comes and influences them, and when this darkness, are, are darkness is being stacked in them, they can actually um, regret. But, but they cannot see how much this darkness has been influenced my spirit. So I have said this in um, Colossians sermons, in early churches, those church members, if they had any feelings, this hatred against one another, then they took this, this long and complicated pro progress in order to process, in order to solve that hatred. Why? Because, because that's the image of the people, this, this representative image of people who have this honest relationship between God. And they knew, they knew how much of an impact does the darkness have on my spirit. Not only the sin itself, but, but that impact between the relationship of God and the, that influence in the community. But many of us, many of us, we, when we commit sin, then we just think about ourselves and think, oh, it, it only matters to myself, but it influences the community. Why? Because the kingdom of God is under the relationship of life. Why? Because we are, we are gathering here as an assembly of God's kingdom and we are influencing God's kingdom too. So, so I'm saying this to our church. You, you committing sin itself is not just a matter of yourself, but it, it affects the community too. So, so telling one another to the community members that I have committed this sin like that in early churches was not such of a great, great um, spirituality, but instead was a very ordinary thing back then. 
corrupting the community. That's something that you need to you need to repent before the community. And, and committing sin and still still blaming someone else, blaming uh, the condition or, or situations. It's a horrible sin. So, so when we, when we uh, restore this relationship, this honest relationship, this will build this, this complete relationship that the early churches had in the church. So the, this relationship between sin uh, affects this relationship between God. And they understood that it can also affect the community too. So the church does not get blocked and get, get hindered just coincidentally. But instead, because of those single sins that the individual commits, those are the ones uh, that are the factors that influence the community. So now our church, our community is under the process of exploding and exposing all those darknesses so in that in that matter the honesty is such an important thing so you, you all need to become someone who are honest before God exposing exposing and revealing everything before God so that God can point out everything you need to keep open yourself every every day you need to open your heart every day before God if you hide yourself for one day then you cannot do anything if you hide yourself for one day for one day of an amount this power power of sarks is being strengthened by that so you need the time to to deeply repent so we, we have been talking about deceit and and today, tonight, when we are talking about uh, the prophets and the other, other apostles in the New Testament, uh, this deceit and this lie, uh, they knew that this is a great characteristic of, of an evil to live by themselves. When we say it's an evil, when, when, the, when the Bible says it's evil, it means that they are living by themselves. They are self-concentrated. So if you are living by yourself, you tend to choose the deceit. So deceit here, deceit here uh, describes, describes the image of living according to themselves. So if you are living by yourself, you, you naturally live, live by the deceit. So break into houses, thieves break into houses. So breaking into, it means secretly, secretly, and bandits rob in the streets. And these means um, they are making groups and just they walk around. So, so this North Israel is showing showing the image of living like like beasts, like animals. They just steal from people and they just rob places. So, so that's what this is what happens when the evil is being stayed and darkness is being stayed. If you are living by the world. Um, it's so natural. You might think, oh, how is this possible? But this is possible. So let's move on. Verse 2. But they do not realize that I remember all their evil deeds. So, so when you commit sin, when you commit sin and when you don't solve that evil, that sin will never ever forever will not be disappeared but the, those people who live by their flesh cannot, cannot see this 
For example, if you commit a sin, even, even if you don't repent about that, uh, you might feel bad about it, but after one day, two days, you will forget about it. So if you are not living by the Spirit, you will never know that, that evil is keeping stuff in you. So committing sin itself should be something that we need to consider very sensitive, but not repenting for that, we need to, uh, we need to see that very, very clearly. So, so as soon as you commit sin, you need to proclaim the power of blood of Jesus Christ and, and repenting deeply, it's a uh, later matter, later issue, but as soon as you commit sin, just, just proclaim the blood of Jesus Christ and ask for God to cleanse myself so that the, the sin will not become embodied and characterized in me. So we need to do it as soon as possible. Let's look. Verse 2. They do not realize that I remember all their evil deeds. And because they have not solved their sins, God is saying that He is remembering all their sins. But they are not realizing this. Who is God? In, in the perspective of hearers, He will never remember our sins. By the blood of Jesus Christ, He has given us His righteousness and He has um, forgetted all our sins. This, this, that sin will not... And, and if we are not being covered by His righteousness, that sin will uh, never be, be forgotten by Himself. It is being recorded in the file of sin in the heavenly sanctuary. So, I sometimes say this like a joke, but, but I'm not saying a joke. In, in the white throne judgment, in white throne judgment, uh, most people, if, if they see all the sins they have committed in their life, after about for 10 years of a sin that they have committed, they will just walk to the hell by, with their own legs. So, so they themselves just choose to walk into hell because they cannot just bear to watch all their sins. So, how such of a tremendous grace that He has covered us by His blood and allowed us His, His righteousness. And, and how, so, to Israelites, how great, how great, great event is that Uh, how, how big of an event of the, the Day of Atonement to the Israelites that they just celebrate all night long. Why? Because, because all their sins they have committed for a year is being deleted for immediately. But to us, our sin that we have been committed for all our life has been deleted eternally. So, so is there any reason for us to become, become, become sad? Your sin, your sin will never be remembered. 
So he's telling them to express how joyful they are. <laughs> you don't believe in the blood of Jesus Christ, do you? <laughs> At least you should you should um, celebrate like the Jews in in day of, day of atonement. Just because they have solved the issue of one year of a, of a sin, they are rejoicing like that. But but is our sin our sin that we have been committing all our life being remembered by God? No. When I realized this, when I received this, I understood why these Jews dance all night long. And I just did not just dance like them, but instead I was flying around just so in, in, in this happiness. So within that freedom, I, was, I could not help myself but to just rejoice. So that's how great this power of blood of Jesus Christ. If you believe this, if you believe this, then no other thing can bring, bring sadness to me. You have solved all your issues of sin eternally. <laughs> so once again, show, show us, show us your great sins. Your sin has been forgiven eternally. Let's move on. <clears throat> so, what a fearful is this that he he remembers all their evil deeds. This sin. I'm talking this sounds once again. David, as much as he fears God, he fears the sin. He understood that sin is a character, a person. He he saw saw this sin uh, standing in front of him. He sensed the presence of sin. So David already understood the power and authority of sin. So he was able to confess the sin is alive before him. In the Old Testament, this is impossible for him to confess like that. But already, already David was able to confess like this, the sin is alive before me. If you are believing the precious blood, you have many precious uh, evidence, and one of them, you must be able to sense the sin as an alive thing. And you need to be able to fear the power of the blood. So, repenting does not just happen coincidentally. Within the process of repentance, you understand all those progress of God, Jesus, forgiving our sins, um, just, just sprinkling His blood over us. So the sin completely ruins our, our life. And in Book of Romans, uh, Apostle Paul, Paul said, in, when he said, I am dead to the sin, when he proclaims like this, he does not just proclaim like that. Simply, simply to that person, oh, well, you have died to the sin. But instead, he had this great amazement and joy when he said that he's uh, proclaiming to the people, you have died to your sins. That means all your pain and suffering in your life and, and all the evil that you can possibly imagine that you are being free from those things. So to those people who solved all their matter of their sins, what, what would become a problem to them? 
Such a great confession. You have been died to your sin. I always say this. If it's uh, uh, it's a matter of money, then Paul has been said, you have been died to the money. But because it's a matter of sin, when you solve all the issue of the sin, there will be no pain and suffering or problem to those people who solve this issue, this matter. Does that mean that there will be no suffering or problems in your life? No, but those issues, those issues and situations will no longer become problematic to you. And when you are died to your sin, that means you have died to your, yourself. That means that you have no accusation of sin to you, and there will be no trial against you. So these enemies keep challenging you. It's, it's just... just um, It's just, it's just killing them. So they are just being too, too bold. So we don't need to be afraid of the enemy at all. To those people who have um, proclaimed their freedom against sin, you should be able to tell the enemy, do you know who I am? I have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ and He has proclaimed His righteous toward me. So flee away, get away, go away. Get out. Let's continue. So, their sins engulf them. They are always before me. So because they have not solved their sin, issue of sin, then what happened? Just like they are being under the prison, Um, they have been surrounded by their deeds. How much of that sin has been strengthened? They are like they are like surrounding walls of a prison cell. Until that point, these Israelites are not repenting. So this hardening does not happen once. And what else does it say? They are before me. They are always before me. So these sins, these titles of sin, are right before God. And God is showing His face of anger in front of them. And they are not even seeing His face either. Why? Because they have been hardened so bad. This is such an such a, um, urgent situation, but they are not sensing this. Because their their spirit has died, they do not know how how heavy heavy the the burden of sin is. Would a dead body, would a corpse, know how heavy a ten a uh, 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 big um um what's it called big weight of like a hundred ton? Would, would, would that body feel how heavy that is? No. So it's impossible for us to not live with live without repentance. So if you are under under that situation, uh, you should be able to avoid that situation and keep destroy yourself, keep break down, break yourself down. Chapter uh, verse three. Verse three. And Hosea is prophesying about this, this great, um, this historical event, this, this riot, big riot in the later stage of Israel. In the days of Jeroboam, uh, 
um, six or seven kings. Six or seven kings are consistently being changed. In in first king, first king, there are lists of people who were actually kings, but they are not being called as kings. So, so these kind of events did not just happen coincidentally. And this, this, um, to Israel, these, the system of kings, this dynasty, um, is not, not suitable for them because these prophets, what do they say? The only king for Israel is God himself. So this, this, this dynasty system and it's uh, this and due to this error in the system, these Israelites failed to serve God uh, except for, for the kingdom of David. And so that's the reason why these, these events that the Hosea prophesied were inevitable. So look, what's the most ideal system for, to run a nation? Democracy? Socialism? The, the most ideal system to give peace to people is, is the is dynasty, the kingdom. But because of the limitation and weakness of the people, it's impossible. But, but because we have the Messiah, who is the perfect king, we, we are able to live under, under the most ideal nation. So church, church is one of the members of that kingdom. So the church must be under the kingdom. Well, to, to, to be more precise, we are being ruled not by the king, but by, uh, by, by God. But, but lots, of, lots of the church in these days, they choose, they choose the, the democracy in, in their church. But we need to be under the rule of God in order for us to become happy. We are not saying that, that the pastor must be the king, no. So, so pastor ministry, um, we, we can say that it is like a rule that has been appointed by God. Verse 3, they delight the king with their weaknesses, wickedness. So those people who overthrew, overthrew the, the, the throne, they, they, they disguise themselves as, as good people, telling them good things. So the, the desire of power must come with desire of pleasure, especially to our brothers. They, they have this tendency to become vulnerable against this desire of ple pleasure. They don't just coincidentally like sports or they just follow the pleasure. Or they fall into the alcoholism or something like that. Because they are vulnerable to the desire of power or desire of pleasure, they are always under that, that influence. So those people who are weak, weak against the desire of pleasure, 
they must they must um, kill the desire of of um, dominion. I would say desire of rule. Especially um, the the brothers, they have tendency to be weak against those things. Especially the sports. Football or baseball. I once went to to a PC cafe. Most of people who were sitting there were were boys. So so you know, pleasure is usually connected to our brothers. So here in verse three, this desire of pleasure is trying to um, manipulate these people and trying to. Uh, ultimately kill and overthrow the throne. But they themselves become become uh, attracted to that, that pleasure. I don't know the exact statistics, but, but many, many rulers of Rome um, died by these, these STD, sexual transmitted disease, especially this, this homosexuality. All, all by the desire of pleasure. So, so it's not our essence to reject the pleasure, but, but it's essence for us to receive God's joy. If we have God's joy, we can reject the pleasure. So we need to live by the Holy Spirit. If, when Holy Spirit is alive in us, this joy and peace will, will be alive in us and we will find no interest to the world. Those people who are living by God, um, if they find the world interesting, then that's such a problematic thing. So in, in the New Testament, if, if a person um, loves the world, God is not in him. So our pastors, you must be cautious. All your burdens and pressure of your pastor ministry do not solve those, um, the, the pressure through, through the pleasure. Watching football. Baseball or what else? Watching, watching um, a drama series, something like that. Do not solve your pressure like that. Fundamentally, if you live by the Holy Spirit, you will not get stressed. But, but because we are human beings, we, we get burdened. With whom, with whom, with whom, with whom do you need to relieve that stress? With God. With God and with you, with your spouse, with your your wife, through through the conversation. So let's move on. Verse four. They are all adulterers. Adulterers. Who are they? They are all adulterers. So all the the focus of the desire uh, concludes to to idolatry. Burning like an oven whose fire the baker need not stir from the kneading of the dough till it rises. So before they bake, before they before they bake, they need to um, raise up the temperature. So, and just like it is describing, it is describing their their desire of a power being being stirred up. And in verse 4, whose fire they could not stir from the kneading of the dough till it rises. But 
but Jose, I say when 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 it's the time that actually needs the right temperature, the the temperature just drops down so that the the bread will not be baked well enough. And they they are burned. They are being stirred up by this desire of power, but they will soon die by their own pleasure, on on their own desire. So. With the desire of the world, it cannot never become any beneficial to it. All these different desires in this world cannot become beneficial to you. So, in verse 5, as you see, on the day of the festival of our king, it means this, this, this coronation. This is describing the, the coronation ceremony. The princes become inflamed with wine. And because they have been drunk so, so much, it's, it's describing they have been inflamed by the wine. And within them, of course, they're, they're applauding and they're um, clapping for them, but in their, in their heart, they, have, they are being stirred up by this desire of power, thinking, when would I kill him? When would I, would I overthrow that throne? And as he joins hands with the mockers, uh, and in verse 6, their hearts are like an oven. They approach to him with intrigue. Their passion smolders all night. In the morning, it blazes like a flaming fire. So, Hosea is describing these people, the image of people, are stirring up their desire to overthrow the throne, the, the, the government, the kingdom. When they bake, they need to raise up the temperature, but when it's the right time, they are, they are not making the temperature enough so that they fail to bake the right, right bread. Just like that, um, Hosea is, is describing this image as, as um, they, are, they will stirring up their desire, but at the time that they actually need their desire, they just fail to do so and they will just die. In verse 7, all of them are not, all of them are hot as an oven. They devour their rulers, all their kings fall, and none of them calls on me. And this is the agony of God. Um, and those people, and the kings, and the people, they are all the same in the eyes of God. It does not just apply to the Israelites, but to the people in these days. People um, fight over this desire to rule rule over one another. They all die by this, this desire, same desire from the Babylon. So now we need to acknowledge and admit that these desires are evil. And we need to admit that this desire of power builds desire of pleasure. And systematically, systematically this desire of pleasure uh, concludes to desire of power to, to defeat over one defeat over others. So all the standards uh, goes to God's glory. So when God created us, He did not mix the desire of possession when He created us. And when He created us, He did not use the material of fatness when He created us. So we need to keep, remember this. He did not, he did not include the jealousy and, and uh, jealousy when He created us. So, so we need to throw them away. We need to kill them. This, that's our enemy. Greed. Greed. It's not, it's not by God. So all these, these 
materials, all these ingredients that God did not put when He created us, where did they come from? From the enemies. So our our, our recognition, when we think about this, when we think about our characteristics, we, when we think, oh, I'm, I'm originally, I'm already greedy, I'm, I'm originally um, sad. No, that's not true. You need to acknowledge that they are not from God. When you acknowledge this, then, then from there, your characteristic will, will go back and be restored to, to, to God. We have been created by the image of God. So who are who are in this world is who is in this world originally not smart? Who has been created by God? So we are all we all have this wisdom from God. So we are wise. Myself, my my uh, my IQ is eighty nine. But anyways, let's move on. So so we should not let um, let these factors of darkness just um, go by. We need to admit that these are not from God. These are not ours. This way of life that we have or any, any factors that have been influenced by the darkness, why are we leaving those just go by? Because we have been deceived as they are already, uh, originally ours. When I first met God, how much of a wisdom did God pour to me? I already knew. I knew before that my, my, my intelligence was not, not good enough, but, but I had this confidence that I could pass all those great exams in, in Korea. So anyways, fundamentally, children of God can have um, uh, bad in intelligence, but it does not become a problem to you. If you solve that binding, then it will never become a problem to you. God's children are always wise. These are all given by God. So, we need to always become wise. So let's move on. Verse 8. No, never mind. Verse 7. Because, because of the desire of power, they just kill one another. And nobody prays for the evil within, within the Israelites. From verse 8 to 12, let's see. Verse, um, from verse, seven to, uh, verse 3 to 7, um, Hosea was talking about this domestic, domestic matter, domestic polit political matters. But from verse 8, uh, he will begin talking about these, these international matters and how it is connected to the evils within them. And as it is always, uh, the, the exterior, exterior things are not, not the issue. What's within them is the, the true, uh, is the essential, essential uh, factors. And as I, as I always emphasize, the indwelling is important, not the presence. And still, even if we understand this theory, and even if we, even when we know all these matters, why are, why are we being able to live according to them? Because, because we focus on, on our, our eyesight. We tend to judge things through, our, through what we see. And, and because we have been accepting all the beauty of the world, and of course we understand that the indwelling is what is important, but still we, can't, we don't live by that. We don't live according to that. So keep... 
we need to keep remind ourselves that everything begins by indwelling within us. So if you fail from indwelling, that person must have the presence in order to um, feel the happiness, feel something um, good. So when they get attacked, they feel bad. When they don't feel the presence, what's the reason? Because they don't have the right indwelling um, relationship fundamentally. So those people who have the sound, um, firm indwelling relationship with God will eventually naturally have the strong, strong presence. So those people who have this strong desire of eyesight, they, they emphasize on the presence. They emphasize on their, their, their image, their, um, the, the revealing or the manifestations. People who emphasize on what they see, they must live according to the common sense of the world. They need to become um, logical. They need to become right. They need to become fast and quick, um, effect, if, um, effective. But those who are living by the indwelling, they, they focus on what's within. Those people who live by the presence, if someone hates me, then I will, uh, that, that person will react imme immediately. Um, oh, that person uh, hates me, so I hate that, that person too. But those who are living by the indwelling will, will focus on what's within. So all the deceits by what you see, you need to fight against those every single day. You need to be able to see what's within the spirit or the eternal eternity. Then you will uh, begin to understand that indwelling is what's matter. And the fight against the 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 master of this world, master of this age, is is upon the uh, the battle that is unseen. We should not set our boundary according to what we see. Let's look at verse 8. Ephraim mixes with the nations. So Ephraim means North Israel. They have been mixed with the world. So the world mixed. Um, in in Greek, Paul used the same. It, uh, the world, the word has been mixed. So Israel must be alert uh, from this mixing by by mixing with others. This is an important matter. So at, at all costs, at any cost, we need to react sensitively uh, um, against mixing with others. If you are being mixed, if you are beginning to mix with others, you will become hardened. So purity, purity, only, only Jesus, only faith. This must be... This must be confessed by you in, 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 by, by faith. And, and at, cost, at all costs, you need to be able to reject, reject and be alert against all the strategy of the evil spirits keep trying to uh, mix you with the world. So keeping the purity is, is the life. 
especially especially that's the reason why we need to live with the Holy Spirit who who is pure not trying to um, discern that but if you live by the Holy Spirit you will understand the Holy Spirit hates mixing with others so he, he is being alert against that think about it I need to love my 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 wife and if I if I love someone else then how do you think my life would be so if you if you are keeping mixed by mixed with others you will begin to love um, other things than than God so you should not get mixed you should not get mixed in order to live an easy life with the Holy Spirit, easy relationship. And, and especially this word mix means these Israelites has been accepted all these different idols from, from other religions around, around them, different, from different nations. So if you are being mixed by the world, in your mindset, um, there builds these, these mindset of gathering, um, gaining more is better. The more is better. So they think the more you have, the better they, they will be. No. The, the spirit is only one. In the early stage of the ministry, many of you probably have thought like that. Trying to mix, uh, mix everything. All those, all those different um, uh, seminars are in different programs that has been uh, vital in the um, in in Korea in in church. So, anyways, all those all those um, methodological methodological um, things. Losing what's, what's the essence and still trying to do something by the method, then that does not mean anything. If you don't have the essence and if you are trying to live without repentance, then if you become um, programized and going, going away from the essence, then they will, that will harden the people. Well, that can that may seem convenient, but those are all legalism. Kingdom of God, kingdom of God is complete freedom. And the road and path to the freedom might, must, must seem difficult in the beginning. It seems very far away. It seems very difficult, but that's inevitable. But the essence of kingdom of God is freedom and, and holiness. And here in Israel, because they haven't mixed with the others, they are all, all confused. In verse 8, and, and the first analogy the, the Hosea used is a flat, flat loaf, not turned over. So this bread must be turned upside down uh, continuously in order to not burn, not burn the, the side. But because they have been mixed, they become a bread that cannot be, be given to God. So, so when we are keeping mixed by the world, mixed with the world, we become spirits that, that cannot be accepted by God. 
I hope that you guys will not become loaves. The loaf not turn over. Verse 9. Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realize it. So, so what you try to achieve by getting intimate with, with the world is the power. What they, what they worship is the power. The power that Egypt has, power that the people have, power that the money has. If you have any desire to grow your churches like that, that that's that's because you have been influenced by the world um, worshiping the power. The essence of church is not on growing, but it's on purity, holiness. If you can grow and still be pure and holy, then feel free to, feel free to expand. If you can still sustain and maintain your holiness, then feel free to expand and, and uh, enlarge yourself. But no matter how much you gather, no matter how how large you you um, enlarge your scale, and if you fail to fail the holiness, then that, that does not become acceptable before God. So there's no reason for us um, by losing the holiness. If you can still maintain your holiness and have lots of lots of money, then, then feel free to do so. Possess, feel free to possess everything. But, but servant of God, the reason why they do not possess anything, their own own possession, the first reason is because everything belongs to God. And when when the servant of God has this desire of possession, uh, the power of God does not will not be manifested through them. So, so servant of God, the pastors should not possess anything. If you can still maintain your holiness while possessing something, then feel free to do so. But that is that is impossible. So our essence is upon the holiness. But if you keep get intimate to the world, this tendency to worship the power will come into you. Just relying on Assyria, Egypt. What's the reason for that? It's because you want to um, rely on the power, but in, in verse, verse 9, he says, foreigners sap his strength. So they are being deceived that they will become strengthened by relying on those strengths. But uh, ironically, they become weaker. But the essence of God, the essence of kingdom of God comes from the purity, not being mixed with the world. So, So kingdom of God can never be mixed with the world which serves and worships the power. So to the church members, if there's any chance, if there's any chance or to show a hint um, of telling the church members that, that the power, you need power from this world, then, then you need to get rid of that. You need to tell your church members and emphasize and insist to them and proclaim to them this world is nothing. This world is powerless. They are, they are destined to be burnt, burnt in a single hour. So if you are mixed by the world, mixed with the world, they will, they will ironically devour you. 
We are the ones who should worship God, not the ones who worship the power in this world. So let's move on. Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray, but he's, he does not notice. So, so his hair turning gray means there, this, this power of death is being strengthened within him, but he does not notice it. He is being influenced by the world, but he is... He lost all his senses so that he does not notice that he is being weakened. So we need to be filled with this life of Jesus. So prayer is the same. Who prays well? Who prays well? Who have lots of vitality, lots of um, life in them? Let's move on. Verse 10. Israel's arrogance testifies against him. So, because they have been worshipping the world, they become arrogant. So, arrogance and... and um, uh, never mind. Um, no matter how many they possess, it does not become... Make, make them, it does not make them powerful. And they have been hardened so much by their arrogance, they cannot, they cannot turn their face to the Lord. So, so it's like this, because they are worshipping the world and they possess lots of money and they become arrogant and what, what happens if they, their money is all taken away? They do not acknowledge, they do not admit that God has taken away all those money because their, their fleshly strength has been strengthened so much. They cannot admit and turn their face to the Lord. Verse 11. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless. Because they have been mixed with, with the world, um, Hosea is describing Israelites as a dove. It's like a bird who is entering into a bird net, not knowing their fate to get caught. So no matter how well they live in the world, that's not, that's not the sign of having the power, but instead becoming powerless. So no matter how well they live in the world, that does not, that's not the sign that they are being more intelligent and intelligent, but instead they are being stupid and foolish. You need to see, see the whole. You need to see, see the greater scale, big picture, so that you can be able to sense, sense the, uh, the whole in front of you. But because you have been uh, fooled by the world, you fail to see, see, and you, you eventually stumble. You need to see the eternity so that you will be able to follow the lead of the Lord. So if you live by the world, you cannot do so. So let's see. Let's say, let's say people in the world, because they possess their cell phone, they, they think to themselves they already know everything because they, the cell phone provides every information that they need. But, but what matters is that who possess the information is no, that's not the matter. But who can use that information in order to, order to use it in the right way? So that's, that all lies upon the wisdom. So if you live by the world, if you live by the world, you will become foolish. So in verse 11, um, now calling to Egypt and now turning to Assyria, they need to call upon the Lord, but instead they are calling upon the world. They are calling to, to Egypt. 
So instead of calling to the Lord, they are calling to the world and, and as if they are deceived, as if the world can provide everything to them. They have been taken away, this worthiness of children of God, and this is the, the, the conclusion of them. And if you, if you can secure this, this worthiness of God, you will never cry before the world. Those, those people can call, call out to the Lord. Verse 12, when, verse 12 when they go when they go I will throw my net over them I will pull them down like a bird in the sky so he's describing this foolish image of Israelites like, like a dove when I hear them flocking together I will catch them so through all those prophets and his servants he warned his people well, if you live like that, you will be cursed. If you live like that, you will fall into the ruin. He, he warned them. But they could not hear him. Why? Because they became foolish. They lost their wisdom. Who are the wise? Who are the wise? Those people who listen to the word of the Lord. So Israelites must listen to God. 90% of our religious life is who is listening to God well. If that person begins to listen to God's voice, then 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 his uh, religious life is just uh, will will just go well. There's no problem for him to sustain his religious life. So we should be aware not to block, hinder this. You guys are still hearing the voice of God, right? At this point. Verse 13. You are seeing the, the, the goal, right? Verse 13 through 16 is describing the judgment of God. Now, God has no other choice to judge Israelites. But as we have said before, this judgment is the evidence of God's love. And one of the main, main prayer subjects we, we must live before Him every day is that, Lord, secure my holiness, secure my, secure my purity. So, living well on this earth does not matter. What matters to us is securing our holiness, securing this worthiness of the identity of children of God. So seeing the situation going well, that does not matter to us. That's not the issue of us. Securing our, our holiness is everything. He has appointed His holiness to us and He is protecting us. And He gave us this amazing worthiness to us so that He strives so bad in order to keep that holiness within us. And if we secure, to, if we secure this and if we have this sound relationship between God and and no other thing, there's no other thing that matters to us, that, that's becoming problematic to us. So we need to put our life to secure our holiness, our purity, our worthiness. And if you are not doing this and still trying to, uh, finding another method or a way or looking for, looking for different things, and if you keep asking those things from God, then that, that brings problems to you. Frankly speaking, we don't have any other, any need to ask for other things. 
we don't have any we don't have any reason to ask for other things, right? You guys understand? I am not saying this because I I am at this point. No. I have never said ask for for those those little needs in my life. But instead I put I have put my life in my holiness and my purity. I confess that He is my everything. He's my everything. He's my all. Verse 13. Woe to them, because they have strayed from me. So, so all this evil has built up, up, up until this point began from going away from God. So, at all costs, we have to unite. We have to be united with God. And not only he is walking with us, instead he came within us. So because he is within us, we cannot help ourselves but to walk with him, right? So all we need to uh, sense is that whether he is alive in, in me. Oh, he is with me. He is in me. We need to keep, recognize ourselves in this. There was this famous pastor in, in Korea. Back, back in, back in um, um, I don't know, 80s? I don't know. That pastor um, always uh, did that gesture because, because he, he said he's always walking with, walking with God. Is it correct or not? Is it a correct thing to do or not? Then how, how do you guys need to do? You should do like this. Put your hand on your on your on your on your stomach on your heart. Because he is within us, right? I have said this many times when Israelites they feared God who was present in Mount Sinai but not only he came among the tents of the Israelites but also now he came within us so we need to have the fear before him in Isaiah 11 11.1 Isaiah calls the spirit he is uh, the spirit of um, wisdom, uh, intelligence, and something. But anyways, the evidence that we are keep walking with him, one of the evidence is that the fear towards him. If you are fearing him, then we should... What's the, what's the blessing of the fear? It's the intimacy with him. If you fear him, this intimacy will eventually, naturally build if you are not fearing him, that means you are not recognizing him. You are you are not knowing that he is leading you. That means you are you don't know you don't understand he is going before me and leading me. Of course, there are many other factors, but anyways, let's move on. So, verse thirteen, they have strayed from God. It's so natural for them to do so because they are looking to the world. They fail to look to Him. 
I'm keep emphasizing that this is a fundamental looking to him. Destruction to them, and they have been rebelled against me. Because, because they have been strayed from God and they have followed the idols, they will explode. There is no life that goes well after going away from God. So at all costs, we need to follow Him. We need to set our direction to Him. Because they have rebelled against me, I long to redeem them, but they speak about me falsely. So committing sin before God itself is a great matter, a great issue. But, but here, in original language, rebelling means they have gone against God. They have rebelled. And what's the evidence? Uh, what's the, 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 what's the image after that comes from rebellion? God tried to persuade. God has His will to save and redeem them. But because their evil has been stacked and stacked, they cannot sense God's will. Now they... Now they keep, reject, and refuse God's will. We need to continuously see His good will. And when I say His good will, I always say this. He has His good instincts, instincts to restore if we are broken, if we have this, this status. If we are, let's say we are get hurt, we get hurt. When we get hurt, when we get hurt, we should not just worry to ourselves, Oh Lord, please cure me. But instead, we need to see God's will. God's will. More than I want to cure myself, God has greater will to me that He wants to restore me. If I commit a sin, well, you must think to yourself, Oh, I need to repent. I need to confess to Him. That's important. But first of all, what you need to think, you need to... You need to be able to see God's will that He wants more than more than I want to do. He wants. He has greater will toward us to restore the goodness in us. So, so this will in God's will in us is greater than uh, than what we feel. So more than we love Him, He loves us more. More than the love that we want to receive from Him, He wants to give us even more. So when, whenever children commit, uh, um, so do something bad, the parents feel even worse than Him, right? Just like that, God always, always God's heart, what God wants, God's will, that's what matters to us. So instead of that, we are keep trying to um, raise our own will. That's the reason why we fall into ruin. But instead, we need to be able to focus on God's will, God's heart. And Israelites lost his heart. Even God wants to redeem them, and even He wants to embrace them. But these Israelites, they are keep refusing them. And at, at a certain point, at a certain point, they cannot see God's heart, God's will. This applies the same every every hour, all at all day. More than we, more than what we want. God wants to give us even better things, more. You, when you pray, you have this will to be answered, right? But more than our will, God wants to answer to us quicker and better and even more. So we need to be able to think. Oh, what does God want? And, and we need to realize, oh, I am asking for a wrong thing. 
So God's will should be the standard, and God's method should be the standard, not what I want. So even now, continuously, when when Israelites commit sin, when Israelites rebel against Him, they fail to see God's will like this. And if you fail this, your your religious life um, will eventually focus on the the result and the purpose. But what we should focus on is God's will. How does God think about me? We need to be able to know this. And Israelites fail to do this. But they speak falsely, speak falsely about me. That means they are, have been self-centered and they are not considering God. And they will become someone who will have no relationship with God. And verse 14, they do not cry out to me from their hearts, but well on their beds. So because they, they live like that, what's the result? What's the result? They call out to the world, but instead they do not, they do not call to the Lord. With their heart, with their heart, they need to call out to the Lord, but they, they were not able to do that. Why? Because they were not able to confess that God is a person. And in our life, we need to be able to acknowledge that God is a person, and He has a will, He has an emotion. And if, if the world penetrates in us, Instinctly, we tend to think that we have many different choices, whether you sense it, whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. If the Babylon penetrates within, within the people, instead of thinking, well, I need God's answer, I need only God, God must be the only answer. But when the Babylon penetrates, naturally, we tend to think, oh, I have many different choices. Well, if God does not answer, I will choose that person, I will choose that choice, I will choose that that brings this syncretism. So when this world penetrates, the person becomes foolish. But in the world, uh, the world calls that person um, intelligent or, or smart. Choosing different methods, you have many choices. In the world, if you have many different choices, the world calls that person a smart person. And, and living by the Holy Spirit is that you have $10 billion, but still still not being able to, um, those people who are not, not living by the Holy Spirit, it's like you have $10 billion, but you, cannot, you still cannot pay for the surg surgery, uh, um, pay surgery bill to, to the hospital and uh, just leave leave your child die for, for a, a disease, something like that. But when, when David relied only on God, he was able to confess, only God, only God. I'm not saying this in a religious way, but in, in my life, practically, what's the reason why Daniel did not use the authority in Babylon? Because he relied completely on God, only God. Only God. God now wants people who can confess like this. Only God. 
he wants these kind of people to be shown in this world, in this age. Anyway, let's move on. Verse 14. But wail on their beds. Wailing on their beds. This is one of the methods of um, worshipping the, the goddess Asherah. So they have been worshipping in this syncretistic way. They slash themselves, appealing to their gods from grain and new wine, but they turn away from it. So they have been completely soaked in the syncretism. They have become people who, whom draw this great wrath of God. Isn't this the image of the church in these days? Only God, lifting our hearts to God. Who, um, is there any people like this in, in this world? They all have been mixed in the syncretism. And because of the money, they have been all divided and destroyed. Verse 15. I trained them and strengthened their arms, but they plot evil against me. And here, God said, He allowed lots of abundance to, to them, and He trained them well, and He wanted them to worship, worship Him through the strength, but, but instead, they used the strength in order to uh, worship idols and rebel against God. And instead, they strengthened and they chose this lifestyle of self-centeredness. And everything that you possess without God will become curse upon you. I always emphasize this to the young adults. If you um, know and, and if you know the pleasure of the Babylon before understanding the joy of knowing God, then they will bring uh, destruction to your life. Only the people who understand the pleasure of drinking alcohol only understand um, what kind of pleasure it brings to you. The people who have smoked before, only people who have smoked before understand the pleasure it brings. Those people who do not know the pleasure of the sin does not have even a temptation of a sin. So we need to understand this at all costs. Just like Daniel. From your youth, from your youth, you need to be able to know this awe and amazement of knowing the truth, knowing Yahweh. And the more you experience the sin, you will be vulnerable, you will be weaker to the temptation. And you have, you have experienced too much pleasure from the sin, pleasure from the world. So, so you need to be able to be filled with the joy of the Lord before you experience everything else. And without, without great, great work of God, 
many people will easily fall into the temptation of sin. It applies to me the same in 32 years of my religious life. Because I have, um, I have fallen flat before the Lord in that great ra radiance of the Lord, I was able to come until now. I understand how big of a temptation the sin brings before me. I have experienced all those different pleasures in, in, the, the, in the pinnacles of this world, in the highest places. So, so I always tell our uh, theological students and, and, and our, our youth, our students, do not try to imitate uh, life like me, but try to live uh, uh, no, um, uh, desire a life like Daniel. So eventually, people, servants of God, they don't need to experience the world. Experiencing the world does not matter. You, you fall into ruin because you do not know, know God. And the reason why you fall into ruin is not upon your, your lack of experience in the world. So it does not matter if you don't know the world well. Think about it. When I, when I am ministering all around the world, if I live according to this world, then I would have died already. And because I'm relying on God only, He just provides everything. So that's only able, available because I'm living according to God. So purity is the best. God is looking for pure people like Daniel. Of course, it's God's choice to use people who are being turned upside down like me, but, but being pure is the best, like Daniel. <laughs> Let's move on. Almost done. Verse 16. They do not turn to the Most High. They are like a faulty bow. To the Most High. So when the tribulation, when the tribulation comes, they need to turn back, right? But they cannot turn back. Why? Because He is in, a, in the Most High's place. So, Israel, they need this time to be separated from this world in order to cleanse themselves and um, take away, get rid of the stains they have gained from this world. So it's not, not normal and natural for us to um, get struck by God and turn upside down. I'm talking about I'm talking about people who have strengthened their darkness in them and, and who met God uh, very strongly and at an instance because, because He's at such a high place and we need time to kill our flesh, the strength of our flesh. 
That's the reason why these Israelites um, were under this long history of being scared. So here, because they they are not able to come back, and when they when they begin to get hardened, it's difficult for them to uh, um, renew their spiritual life and turn back to God. So what's good is what's good is um, not being related to the world and not getting hardened by the world. If you get hardened by the world, it's difficult for you to set your direction to the one who is sitting in the Most High. And here, Hosea is describing Israelites like a faulty bow. They need to go through this difficult time of wrestling, wrestling hard and turning back and setting their direction exactly toward the Lord. And to us, what, what matters to us is not getting hardened by the world and realizing, realizing that we need to go away from that kind of life. And it was inevitable for Israel to live like a faulty boast for such a such a um, for 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 a such time. So you should not stray. You should not stray away. So if you live by the world, it's difficult. You cannot you cannot set your direction toward the one who is sitting in the most high. So it's inevitable for you to go through this long suffering and tribulation. Let's move on. Their leaders will fall by the sword because of their um, insolent words. Who are the representatives of this faulty bow, these leaders of Israel? What are the insolent words they have? They have this darkness in them and it is being manifested through their words. So, so they became like this, this faulty bow. For this, they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. Even, ironically, they were trying to rely on the power of Egypt, but instead they, they were ridiculed by Egypt. And they tried them th their best in order to rely here and there, but they failed to do so. So what matters to us is to set our direction toward God and, and go and look toward Him. So do not ever uh, receive and accept the stains of this world. Let's pray. June the 13th, we will meet, right? June 13th in, in Yonggong Church, Glory Church. Lastly, um, for the last time, as you pray, more than anything, please receive the power of the blood from God. You need to realize how tremendous the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is. It has the authority to destroy all the theories and the knowledge of, of your mind. Of course, of course, everything that has been given by God is powerful, but, but there is only one, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, that can destroy all the theories and influence all the mindsets. 
and Jesus. Awe and amazement that our sin has been deleted completely. And with this faith toward this blood of Jesus Christ and this freedom that comes from that, believing that all our sin has been deleted, we need to be able to realize this is such a great proclamation. As we pray, as we pray tonight, Father, Father, let this blood of Jesus Christ um, be embodied to me by faith, Father, and through this blood of Jesus Christ, Father, let me be renewed, and, and please, Father, destroy all the theories, Father, destroy all the strength of my flesh, and Father, destroy all the worst of the evil spirit of us, and Father, Father, just as this one day of atonement itself is such a graceful and rejoiceful thing, but Father, you have deleted all our records of sin to us, Father. Father, forgiving us so that, that forgiving us that we have not rejoiced enough because by that by that grace. But Father, help us to go before you. Blood of Jesus Christ. Blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.